podcast. It's officially February. We are on episode eight. Um, the Ocho. The Ocho. As we've been calling it. Yep. First I've heard of it. Uh, but yeah, it's February now. Uh, it's starting to get a little bit lighter outside. It's like 530. It's still kind of light out. Yeah. It's feeling good. Feels it, wasn't, like... it wasn't dusk when I was wrapping up lunch today. <laughs> That's right. That's so right. yeah, I was my... Uh... I was feeling better today yeah. with, the, with the weather. Got a little more vitamin D, mm-hmm. feeling uh, feeling healthy. Feeling bouncy. Yeah, feeling good. Uh, so we're headed into February, second month of the year, 2016. Uh, lots of new music coming out on the horizon. We got Dive coming up next. Um, Animal Collective coming out soon. We got some big albums coming yeah, our way. Yeah. Uh, but let's uh, let's take a step back. Let's look at what we've been listening to lately, Jake. Who, as in the past week. As in the past week. Who have you been listening to? Well, we have a packed show, first of all, so do. I think we should expedite this process, Sean, and yep. just do one each. Agreed. Um, and the band I wanted to shout out this week is Pine Grove. Pine Grove is, how to describe them, kind of like a emo, it's almost like a combination of emo and alt-country, alt-folk, like a freak-folk, country, punk, emo <laughs> hybrid. Is that that's probably effective for every listeners. genre ever? Yeah, jazz, fusion, ska, punk, indie, freak folk, country. No, there, but so Pine Grove is a band from New Jersey. Um, they were recommended to me by Cam Boucher, one of my friends from high school. Um, and I think he like has done some work with them or something. I, I don't remember exactly what he did, or he like hung out with them or something. And he told me about them a few months ago. And I checked them out, and I've been really digging it. They have an album called Everything So Far, which is, I think it's a compilation of just literally that, everything they've done so far. Some really awesome songs on there, and I think they're coming out with a new album this year. Um, and two singles off that album, uh, one called Cadmium, one called uh, Old Friends, both really worth checking out um, if you're interested in like a 20-genre mix band. No. In reality, it's kind of it's cl- close to like folk mixed with punk emo type of sound. Um, really cool stuff. I love the singer's voice. The songwriting is interesting. Um, and I've been kind of listening nonstop. Sean, what have you been, cool. you've been listening to? Yeah, so on your recommendation, I finally checked out the album They Want My Soul by Spoon. So Spoon is one of these indie rock stalwarts who I'm sure everybody has heard at least one song by. Most likely probably Underdog, which was in the movie uh, I Love You Man with Paul Rudd. Um, As far as I know it is. Yeah, I think it was. But yeah, this this record by Spoon came out in 2014. Uh, They've been plugging away for like 20 years now. The album's called They Want My Soul. Did you already say that? Yeah, yeah. I thought you didn't say it. Uh, But yeah, it's... Pretty, it's pretty good. Surprisingly, for like a twenty-plus year uh, indie rock band, it's just it's funny because in two thousand fourteen, two thousand fifteen, two thousand sixteen, you don't hear a ton of like just straight up like indie guitar rock, yeah. and that's like what this is, and it's really really solid. The Spoon is a is a rock band. Yeah, They're just a rock band. Yeah, it's none of the mixing genres, no. cross pollination crap. They just it's play just rock straight up, and it's really really good. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to recommend a song from it, and we will put this on the Listen In uh, playlist on Spotify, um, I would say Inside Out is probably one of the one of my favorites on it. Um, they do some cool things with like strings on the second half of that song, which is really, really cool. Uh, just great melodies overall, really catchy songs. It's a quick listen. It's like 37 minutes. Uh, definitely worth checking out if you like Spoon at all or just want some straight up rock to yeah. listen to for love, once love that album love that you got into it and I think I want to make a quick note instead of saving it for the end of the episode because I'm afraid some people might not listen all the way to the end but uh, the listening podcast is now on Stitcher and you reminded me when you were talking about the playlist we're sort of spreading ourselves all over the place now we've got a Spotify playlist that's sort of rolling with uh, stuff from episodes um, if you're a Stitcher user, you can check us out. Look up the Listen In podcast. We're on there, and you can. I don't. It's not really called subscribe subscribing. It's like you just sort of like it or something mm-hmm. like that. But you can use Stitcher to listen to us now. So if you're into that. And on top of that, we also have a Twitter account. Um, we're at Level Four underscore Media, uh, and that's kind of our overall brand uh, that we're running with we also have a website level4media.net that's where we're going to have some of uh, some blogs uh, as well as a place to kind of house our podcast as well yeah uh, so check all those out um, follow us 
engage with us, all the above. Um, so one of the other things, since it's a new month, Jake, that I wanted to do was kind of look back on January and just quickly discuss some of the some of the best music that we listened to over mm-hmm. the past month. So what were some of your favorites? Um, so we're both going to have this one, but my favorite album of January, uh, and it's something we've discussed uh, at lengths mm-hmm. on the pod, is Black Star by David Bowie. Yeah. I think it was it's the best album of the year so far. It was the best album of January. It set a tone for the year in music. It set a really high bar. Yep. And, uh, you know, not to go back over all the stuff we've talked about, but, you know, everything that happened with Bowie, his death, uh, and the release of the album, it just was a really strange but really great couple days for music and in some ways it's not great that he died but it was good to celebrate bowie um and this album was incredible uh do you want me to go through the rest of the ones i had or do you yeah, want to switch yeah. off uh yeah you know what yeah we'll, we'll switch off i also had black star on mine the other one that i that everyone who's been listening knows i've been touting the entire month is the monitor by titus andronicus this is an album that i've just been listening to on constant repeat it's like a punk epic uh, I mentioned it in one of the blogs on level4media.net um, that it is a punk rock concept album um, with themes of the Civil War mixed with Bruce Springsteen. Just picture that. I say give it a listen. It's really, really good. Switching back over to me, uh, you mentioned punk, so I'm going to go with Wire. You've heard me, if you've listened to any of the pods from January or any of the last two or three, I've mentioned wire here and there. Um, their first album, pink flag. I listened to a handful of time, really handful of times. Got to pluralize your words when they need it, Sean. Oh yeah. Pluralize. Um, handful of times, really good album. It's like the way I've heard it described. I think Robert Criscow wrote it. He said, it's like a uh, punk rock suite. It's like, there's like, 21 tracks over only 35 minutes I've described it before I also listened to their second album once it's called Chairs Missing and the interesting thing about Wire is you can see from one album to the next they're transitioning from a straight up sort of punk sound to some more uh, post-punk stuff which Mm. is really interesting Mm -hmm. to see and I think that's where their influence really was speaking of pluralize Jake pluralize Mm -hmm. Joanna Newsome albums that I've been listening to this past month you were all in all in on Joanna all in on my girl um, both her albums, The Milk Eyed Mender, which is her debut, and Ease, spelled Y-S, Jake. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Her second album, amazing, the harp-infused um, arrangements. Just check that out if you want something kind of different. Kind of, You're going to listen for the first time, and you're going to be like, this is weird. I don't like it. Yeah. Stick with it. It's amazing. It's worth getting into Joanna, and I too got into The Milk Eyed Mender. Have yet to listen to Ease. Um, but... Uh, to go to a new album that was released in January that I really liked. Um, I think it was, maybe other than Black Star, my favorite in January was Savage's new album. Also a plural. Savage's. Savage's. Savage's plural. new Jake. album. Um, Savage's new album, which is called Adore? Or is yes. it called Adore Life? Adore Life. It's one of the two. The song <laughs> is called Adore Life, or the album's called Adore Life, and the other is called Just Adore. It's a good album. I discussed it on the last pod. It's worth giving a listen. Sort of a post-rock with Getty Lee vocals from That's right. the female lead singer, That's feminist right. punk. Uh, and then my rounding out my top five albums that um, I listened to in January, the last one I wanted to talk about is In a Silent Way by Miles Davis. I yeah. finally broke into the jazz world over the past month. Yes, I'm talking about jazz on a music podcast. I'm an asshole. I get it. I'm going to leave it at that. It's just a great, you know, kind of light jazz album. Now you've done it, dude. They shut it off. I know. I'm sorry. Someone everybody. like me, you had to save that for the end. Sorry. You got to trick them with jazz. You can't just, you got to lull them in with some rock and stuff and then, yep. then get the jazz I in know. at the end because it puts people to sleep. I know. I also love that album. Um, uh, really quick, I also want to shout out Bruce Springsteen. If you haven't gotten into Bruce Springsteen, it's just something you owe yourself to do. Uh, it's, it's worth it. I got into Born to Run. Uh, Darkness on the Edge of Town and Born in the USA, two of his three cla- three of his classics. Yep, I'm I'm all with plurals. They're messing with me today. Plurals, Jake. They're messing with plurals. Me. Um, but uh, yeah, Bruce, Bruce is worth getting into. Amazing, and I'm I'm happy you finally did yeah. get into him. I kind of broke into the jazz world. You broke into the. 
the role of the boss this of, past of Brooks, week. So yeah. I, I'm happy about that. As so um, we're going to have a collection of those songs on the Listen In podcast playlist on Spotify. So if you're interested in checking any of those out, I recommend you find it on there. And we will send a link out to the playlist from our Twitter account. That's Level right. Four Media. That's right. Um, so, so with that, Jake, I think we can start to discuss some news. So it was kind of a big, big news week kind of uh, a lot of stuff. in in the in the music industry. Yeah. So the first thing that I want to talk about, and this is always going to be news, is it a new Drake song dropped. Mm-hmm. New Drake song came out. He premiered it on um, OVO Radio, which is his radio show on mm-hmm. Apple Music. Uh, so he debuted this song along with the announcement that Views from the Six. His long-awaited album is dropping in April. What say you about this news, Jake? About the April news? Yes. I think it's exciting, and actually, I it's, it's literally news to me in that I didn't see that news until just now. Heard it now. here first heard on it, the listening. Podcast. I heard it here first, and maybe some of the listeners yep. did, although they might be more in tune with, you know current events I mean I yeah you're only the co-host of a yeah. wildly successful internet music podcast it's so. become a phenomenon and I'm becoming I'm revealed for what I am which is a fraud <laughs> and uh but no that's exciting news I'm excited to hear when did when did um if you're reading this it's too late come out it was, uh last February so it's a year now and so it'll be 14 months I think it's good that he did a little bit of space I there agree um I'm interested in your thoughts on this this single yeah so this this song that he came out with is called summer 16 now this is what I wanted to bring up. I don't know that this is actually a single. I What I feel like is happening in hip-hop is people are just kind of throwing these songs out out there in, onto the internet without really any explanation of what it is. We saw Kanye do this yeah. a few weeks ago. Yeah. And they're kind of waiting for the court of public opinion to make a decision on it, if it's good or not. Yeah. If they get a great reaction on Twitter or on blogs, they'll be like, okay, this is going to be on the album. If they get kind of a lukewarm response to it, maybe they leave it off. What I think happened here is this is a this is a good Drake song. Mm-hmm. This is very much similar to what we heard um, from Charged Up over the summer, as well as Back to Back. Still kind of dissing Meek Mill. Yep. Still kind of on. Kind of going in on Kanye with here that a little beat. bit. Went in on Kanye a little bit, talking about his pool. Yeah. Uh, goes in on Barack Obama. Goes in on a few people here. So. A diss track. It's it's more of a diss track. This doesn't feel like a true Drake single. I yeah. don't think it ends up on the album. And the reason why I say that is when Drake comes out with a new single, you know it's a Drake single. Think back to Start It From The Bottom. Yeah. Think back to Headlines from Take Care. Think back to even like Energy on, on uh, if you're reading this last yep. year. I think you can really tell when it's a Drake single. Yeah. This only was streaming in like weird places. It was hard to find a stream of because it was only on OVO yeah. Sound Radio. Um, it, it wasn't like yeah, Sound SoundCloud. It wasn't an official like release on Spotify or anything. So I think what we're seeing here is just kind of like this is just a song I have. I'm kind of finishing off my disses on everybody who came at me in the past six months. Um, I'm just letting you know I'm I'm coming out with a new album. Kind of kind of that announcement song almost yeah i i mean there's really nothing i can add to that i agree with what you like what you've said and i think that my first thought now ever since all these discussions we've had about kanye's new singles like are is this going to be on the album is this going to be on the album we, you never know right my first thought when i listen to this like all right is this really on views or is this is it not going to be on right. the album and, and so it's hard to know this isn't unprecedented by drake he's done this a yeah. lot of times before where he's come out with songs pre-album that just don't end up on anything. I remember back when, uh, before Nothing Was the Same was coming out, he came out with a song called I, 5 A.M. in Toronto, I think, which was just kind of like a freestyle. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a completely finished production. It was awesome. It had some. It was similar to this, actually. He was, like, asserting his dominance. He was. It was kind of a victory lap song for him. And I feel like he, he does this with each release where he kind of comes out with a victory lap, kind of, it, this is where Drake's at right now. And then the next thing's coming. Yeah, and it feels like kind of if we're like to go back to what Kanye did with facts, there's a lot of name dropping, a lot of references in here. It's a lot of like of the moment yeah. references. He references Draymond Green. He's you know, and like you said, there's like in like in facts, Kanye was referencing um, the Cosby thing, and what was the other thing he brought up? It was something insanely very, very recent at the time. Oh, it was uh, the Steve Harvey thing. Steve Harvey. Yeah. And so uh, this is not quite to that degree, but but to me, um, yeah, I agree. I don't think this ends up on the album, um, but 
it was interesting to hear what he's up to. I did like, if I liked one thing above all else on this song, um, it was some of the production. I thought the, the beat was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's got uh, 40 on that all the time. <laughs> Noah 40. Shebib or whatever his name is. Is it the pro- that's just like his producer who like produces Gaia. everything Gaia. for him now. Yeah, yeah. Um, he'll, he'll he'll drop references to forty in some of his songs. Jay. Yeah, this. But I and and to be fair, I think he we're not really we're being sort of dismissive of this song. Oh, it's a good. Yeah, it's but it's good. There were some funny lines, and I thought yeah. the, the line that really stood out to me most was the uh, he says, "And look, man, Ye's pool is nice, but yeah. mine is just bigger." That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah, it, it is. There's it's some funny, funny stuff on here. It doesn't feel like. The neck, like the progression for Drake's career. No, it doesn't. It's a nice, like, kind of extra that we've kind of come to expect from him. Yeah, it's good. I don't expect it to be on the album, but I am excited to see what he comes out with for views from the six. Oh, I am too. Yeah, coming gonna... in April. Um, so the next piece of news that I wanted to discuss was the fact that Youth Lagoon, um, kind of the indie. How would you describe him? He's so it's Trevor Powers Tre- of Idaho, um, right? And he, that's the basic description, and he sort of, across three albums, has created some interesting, uh, different variations on kind of, like, lo-fi, indie, synth, pop, slash rock. Yeah, so, it's interesting, because he, basically the announcement from him was that Youth Lagoon is no more. I have nothing left to say, artistically, or creatively, with Youth Lagoon. I'm still gonna be making music, Trevor Powers the man, will still be making music, However, Youth Lagoon is done. So he specifically said, he announced this on Twitter, he explicitly said this was a trilogy. He says the trilogy is complete, which I love the idea of music trilogies. So we've talked about the Berlin trilogy with David Bowie. We've talked about the idea of Vampire Weekend having a trilogy with their first three albums with Rostam. Now we have this idea of Youth Lagoon's um, trilogy of albums. So when you look at it, he kind of goes through um, a transition. His first one is it's that lo-fi bedroom pop. It's yeah. very much like this is just me kind of figuring out who I am, growing up a little bit. His second album, Wondrous Bug House, takes on all of these um, kind of psychedelic sounds. It's like and, it's, it's the maximalist album of the right. Three. It's it, the one that in, in, incorporates the most sounds and right. has the most going on. And he's talking about death and, and yeah. themes of death and loss and losing people. And then on this last album, Savage Hills Ballroom, he's kind of taking a look at humanity, humanity as a whole, um, and kind of what our flaws are. Okay. And he he did a really nice job, I think, of hitting on all these different aspects of life. I do too. And I had never thought of these three albums as hanging together as a trilogy, but it's interesting that he frames it that way. And I think that that actually gave me a perspective on Trevor Powers that I never had before. It seems like he is maybe one of these guys who views, he has a sense for the history of music and like what this will come to represent down the road. I thought that was really interesting. And, and just in general for the Youth Lagoon, Youth Lagoon, Youth Lagoon being no more, I think that obviously it doesn't really matter. And I think it's interesting this sort of trend in music now because of the way you can just share anything on social media, you can get anything out there. It's not hard to communicate your message or communicate what you're up to lately. Like, for, if, if Trevor wants to release music in the future, he can use his Youth Lagoon Twitter account and just say, everyone follow this, this is where I am now. And it's easy enough. And so I think it's interesting that artists are now able to um, use these identities and then just shed them and just be a new identity whenever they please. I think that's the most interesting thing about it. it. We're is. not losing Trevor Powers. No, we're not. I love this too because you made a great point about his Twitter. The music blogs are all going to do the same thing. They're going to be like Trevor Powers, formerly of Youth Lagoon, announces new project. And all the Youth Lagoon fans and all yeah. the people who identify Youth Lagoon are going to go towards that. So, like, you're right. It's become less of a issue of brand and, like, oh, I need to keep this brand because that's what people know me as. Right. It's really, really easy now on the internet to just do whatever, yeah. and people are going to find you. Like, in the 60s or 70s, it would be suicide to, to, to exactly. change your band name. Exactly. Like, the, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, the Who, would never have changed their brand. Even if they felt like it was dated no. or they didn't like it, at most they'd go solo. But you're not... But Trevor Powers doesn't have to do that. He can just become whatever he's now going to become. Exactly. And I think it's really interesting. I, one thing I thought was cool about this, and curious, is that he... Um, the idea that he feels liberated by just changing a name. Right. It's interesting that he just felt like he couldn't do 
that anymore. I mean, because theoretically, this next album he comes out with, whenever it is, whatever it is, he could have just called the Youth Lagoon. Exactly. Because he's changed his sound enough already. He has. Through the course of three albums. It's interesting, and it might, maybe it's um, it's a thematic switch. It could be, yeah. Maybe it's not so much about sound, because he clearly doesn't have an issue with the different soundscapes or what he's doing there. It might be themes. that and, He just feels like he can't talk about what he wants to talk about in the context of Youth Lagoon. And it's, it is interesting. Maybe he just... And I think a lot of that is self-induced. It's just self-imposed. Yep. He feels like, this is what the fans expect. This is what people who know my music exactly. expect. I have to shed this identity. Because the interesting thing is, like, these three albums don't necessarily hang together as a trilogy unless you say they are. Right. I had never thought of no, that. No, I didn't either until he it's, said it. It's kind of cool. But, I mean, it's, so it's interesting news. I wasn't bummed out in any way, though. I don't no, think I wasn't either. Should... I think it's cool. I think, I, I like this. I don't have a problem with it. And you know what I think it allows for as well is um, in the modern music press that we live in, mm-hmm. it's very flavor of the week. And it's like, especially with the pitchforks of the world who we've talked about before, they like the new thing. They like the new hot band. If you recall, his first two albums got very high scores. Yeah. And best New yeah. Musics. Got a lower one this time around for an album that was, I think, just as good as his yeah. second one. You know, like, so maybe it's kind of um, just a, a, a reputation thing or, a, you know, maybe that plays a little bit of a part in, in what he's deciding to do here. That's which really I think interesting is interesting. Point. Yeah, that's true. Um, so... Youth Lagoon, no more. That's okay. We'll still get music from Trevor Powers. So the last news item that we want to talk about is this Kanye West Twitter rant. Yeah. So for anybody who wasn't aware, wasn't on Twitter, uh, because these tweets are were since deleted, Kanye went on an epic rant about um, Wiz, Khalifa. Wiz Khalifa. Wiz Khalifa. And about he assumed that Wiz called out Kim Kardashian because he said KK in one of his tweets. And then Kanye just proceeds to destroy him, yeah. saying the only reason why he has a kid is because of Kanye. And that, like... Because of the connection through Amber, through Amber Rose. Rose. And how Kanye, you know, hasn't listened to one of his full albums. However, he did say that he wore cool pants. One the two tweets that I thought were funniest about this as Kanye proceeded to just dismantle Wiz from the top down for really no reason for almost no reason a misunderstanding it turns out yeah because KK I guess is means weed yeah and Wiz is obviously a high boy I thought it was funny that he said like your first song was really corny yeah I think he's talking about Black and Yellow yeah and he was like all you did was uh copy uh, Cuddy's sound to begin with. <laughs> I think it's just so funny because at the end of this long Twitter rant that he goes on, you can see the wheels starting to, the brakes starting to go on because Kanye started to be like, oh, this was a mistake. Yeah. And he starts to kind of half apologize. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes on, there's a couple <laughs> tweets about how um, all positive feelings is all he wants. He just wants positive, positive vibes. vibes. Yeah. He just wants positivity. He's not trying to do this or do that. And it was it, it was kind of embarrassing to I see. Am, it was a little embarrassing. And then, so Amber Rose comes out of the woodwork. And Amber Rose, for, any, for some clarity, dated or was married to? Dated. Dated Kanye. Kanye West. Yeah. Um, and is now with Wiz Khalifa. Right. They ha- so her and Wiz have a kid together. Yeah. So she comes out of the rafters on Kanye and talks about, oh, are you mad because I'm not there to, what, play with your he, your butthole anymore? Yeah, she essentially, like, she just insinuated that she used to do some butt stuff with Kanye. Yeah. And that, I can only imagine, is somewhat embarrassing in the, in the, in the online rap Twitter you know circles. Here's what I want to say. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't matter... Uh, it's 2016. I feel like butt stuff has gotten popular, you know, in certain in certain respects. It, if Kanye wasn't involved with that, I'd be more surprised. Well, he says he's not, Sean. So surprise, surprise, and that brings me back to the original point, which is that I think that is still probably in some communities considered like embarrassing. Yeah, and I think amongst in all the vibrato, vibrato, bravado, bravado. I'm all over the place. I can't talk. In all the with the bravado and machismo <laughs> that know. is the rap game, 
I have to imagine that's sort of like something that's looked at as a little embarrassing it or something. Is. It not that is. I'm not saying no. it is, but no. I'm saying that well, I'm probably sure is looked at that way. Yeah, and I'm sure that why else would she tweet that in True. a way that was meant to be demeaning? True. And she totally was trying yeah. to embarrass him and be demeaning. Uh, that tweet alone, looking at it now, has 295,000 retweets. And 355,000 likes. Just it blew up. Kind of the engagement we get on, on our on our Twitters, so. Well, not, well, it's like a fraction of it. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so, I guess, follow-up today, Kanye tweeted, he said he and Wiz had a good conversation. <laughs> I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for that one. Yeah. I... <laughs> I can't imagine what that was even like. I, I really know, can't man. even imagine what they, how he started it off. Um, and yeah, that was it. Was just a weird, weird thing. So I'm hearing some conspiracy theories today that this was a publicity stunt by the both of them because they both have albums coming out. I feel like Kanye doesn't need this no. publicity, and also that like I wouldn't put it past him to just do this on his own volition. And if it was, someone should have told Amber Rose. Because <laughs> she well, would... no, that plays into it. Because no. it's like... Why would, why would Kanye want that? Why true. would he plan a tweet that insinuates that he's into girls fingering him? True. Why would he want that? I, so, like, no. I, I, I can't imagine that conspiracy is no, true. And if it is true, no one told Am. <laughs> no, she didn't know. No. She did not know. Um, so speaking of just like Twitter events and cultural events that we can all kind of get on board with, I want to talk about the Super Bowl halftime show, yeah. Jake, because we have the Super Bowl coming up. It's, you know, obviously the most watched thing every single year. Yeah. Uh, and one of the really interesting aspects of it is the halftime show. So there's always a big announcement, uh, you know, a month or two out about who the performer is going to be this year. We, we have... Got- Coldplay. We got Coldplay with a few guests. We also have um, th- who are the guests? There's a couple uh, other let's, guests. Let's take a look right now. But so Coldplay was announced as the as the Super Bowl halftime show, and as a cultural event, Jake, or looks as a like musical event. Just to jump in, it looks like Bruno Mars is joining. Him. Okay, a, a Super Bowl halftime show uh, stalwart. Yeah, he's been there before. Been yep. there, done that, and Beyonce. Oh, okay. Who has also been there, done that? Yeah. So why don't we get Steven Tyler with Britney Spears again, a la two thousand? Yeah. So th- this is what they've kind of started doing over the past few years is they have like one headliner, yeah, and then they have a couple other people to sprinkle in. And the reason why I think they're doing this is to get a bunch of different demographics and age groups, like you saw it last year where they had Katy Perry, but they also brought out Mary J. Blige. Yeah. So they want to hit a bunch of different like musical um interests at one time which i like yeah however i don't care about the super bowl halftime show as a musical event no i care about it as a cultural thing though i think it's interesting as a cultural thing and a couple things about it really quick one thing that i think is really funny about the super bowl halftime show is that the Halftime, and it makes sense that this would be true, but it's just funny to think about how far it's come. I think the original Super Bowl halftime shows were were essentially the the equivalent of like college or high school bands. It was like, like marching bands. bands. Yeah, it was like what you would get at a college football right. game. And now it's a bigger concert, a more widely watched concert than any concert. Correct, because you have more viewers. It, it, it's insane. And it, it actually, the interesting thing about this is that, and Sean and I both are football fans, mm-hmm. uh, the halftime show is a huge pull for the Super Bowl, which oh. is already one of the biggest cultural events in right. the U.S. It's so interesting to think that a lot of people watch for the halftime show and for the commercials. For commercials. It, it's actually kind of brilliant. And so it is. As, as a musical event, though, I'm in the same boat. I don't particularly care. But I think that's just because... They're usually artists that I'm not overly interested in. Like, for Coldplay, I like some Coldplay albums. Am I particularly compelled by the material they've been releasing over the past few years? No, I'm not really at all. And I'm not interested in really what... The, it, it makes sense that they'd be a Super Bowl halftime show band now. They're just that big. And I think we They're talk- a too-big-to-fail band. They are. They're like big oil. They, we, I think big, we talked big about... Banking. Big banks. I, I think we talked about this last week where... Th- that's where they're at in their career. They're the prototypical Super Bowl halftime yeah. act. So my problem with Super Bowl halftime show is the performance is so choreographed. It's so planned. It's so cookie cutter. It's so just squeaky clean. 
well, with the exception of yeah. JT and Janet, which we'll get into, but <laughs> they've become so polished over the past half decade that n- the music itself like can't be interesting. No, because what they're doing is they do like little. Um, just little pieces of each of their songs, which becomes really frustrating. What it really is, the Super Bowl halftime show, it's less a musical concert. It's more just a way for the fans and for people who are watching the Super Bowl to get to ogle celebrities for a while. That is These true. are really just famous people. That's true. It doesn't matter what they're singing. It's like, oh, cool, Mary J. Blige did that song she did. Missy Elliott sang that song she used to sing. And she sang it for 45 seconds and right. didn't sing all of it. And then it got turned into a song with Bruno Mars... Mm-hmm who was on a stage with, like, uh, John Bon Jovi for some reason. That's in, how these shows always are. like, playing guitar, quote-unquote, but they're not actually... It's really like, just... It's sort of just... It's like a... Just a way to look at famous people for a yeah, while. Yeah, and... So I'm wondering why, like, I, I want to dive into this, like... They just do little snippets of songs. Is it because... They just want to say, yeah, we had Missy Elliott up there. We had Beyonce up there. Is it just fit as much content in as possible? Um, or is it like something more where it's like people don't have the attention span yeah. to listen to these full songs? Yeah, I think it's a couple reasons. I think one, it's you want to have as as big a bill of acts as you can have with as many a wide range of appeals so you can draw more viewers. I think the second thing is, yeah, it has something to do with attention span. It has something to do with the time constraints they're dealing with. I mean, the the important thing to remember is this is halftime of a football game. It's an extended halftime, but they still have time constraints. And I think those are the two major things. Um, And it's, yeah, it's interesting to think about the fact that really you don't get full song. It's not a concert really by Coldplay. It's like this kind of altered modified version of a show it's like a just a medley of it's basically of a medley it yeah. is a medley it's actually kind of interesting but it, it, it doesn't quite do it for me no but I also don't know anyone and maybe I'm wrong but is there anyone out there who's like all about the halftime show I think people just want to watch it to like see what the funny memes are going to be like left shark yeah. that come out of it well, like, that's, that, that's awesome. what people watch that's my favorite part of it is uh, like those cultural yeah. things that come out of it funny halftime show related side note the all-star you probably know this the nba all-star game the halftime show is sting i can't think of a less relevant person to have for what the nba gonna do? all-star what's game. sting gonna do during the nba all-star i don't game? know man they're gonna have to put some supporting players around him like they do for the super bowl i think is he gonna sing fields of gold like what's I he up probably to? he'll do some police stuff oh man do message <laughs> in a bottle he will he'll do it <laughs> don't stand so close to me yeah. i can't imagine he will maybe he'll turn it into a song Roxanne. about like posting someone up I hope. Don't stand so close to me. Yeah. I can't think of the next line. I don't know. We'll, but to we'll, jump back into We'll this, workshop that after. Yeah, we will. We'll, we'll get in touch with Sting. But to get back to the Super Bowl halftime show, um, yeah, I don't... I don't I, I, the thing, the problem is, like, I know exactly what to expect. Yeah, and I have two questions for you. So, the first one, are there any that you've really liked that you can think of off the top of your head? So, this answer is two-pronged. One, No. <laughs> That's is a simple answer okay, and a yeah. more complex answer. One is no. The more complex answer is, and this is egotistical New England Patriots fan Jake coming out, during half the Super Bowls I've watched, I've been too worried about the game. <laughs> I've been too worried about the fact that the Patriots might win or might lose a Super what Bowl. What a good problem to have. It's an amazing problem. Here is one that I did enjoy. Um... And it's actually because it's on a Patriots championship DVD. It's the Paul McCartney one. We're, and he's singing Hey Jude. And he's saying, thank you, Super Bowl. <laughs> Which is... Just not really aware of, like, what this is. No, yeah, maybe... I don't know. Do you think Paul gets football? I think he has to. But he didn't seem to know what he was saying. Well, maybe he thought the arena was the Super Bowl. Oh, uh, yeah, I could see that. Maybe that's what he thought. I could see that. And he was addressing the Super Bowl. Right. Which so, is really funny and cute. Like, the, he's a beetle. He's a beetle up there yeah, trying to do it. Yeah. So that was cool. I like that one. Nice rendition of, Hey Jude, that type of performance wouldn't fly right now. He mm. wouldn't be able to do an eight-minute Hey Jude. No, he wouldn't because you'd have, like, uh, Daft Punk flying in on, <laughs> yes. they'd be parasailing in. And kicking his ass off the stage. Exactly. And, like... You get people tweeting, like, who is this old guy? Yeah. Like, that... You'd be like, where's yeah. Rihanna? Yeah, you'd need Rihanna falling out of a fighter plane. Right. And, you know what? They would. They'd be doing four or five seconds. 
They, yeah, you know, so that actually, actually would be sweet. Maybe not bad. Yeah. I would like to see that one. And this leads me perfectly to my second question, Jake, is so what would it take for you to actually enjoy it from a musical standpoint? Like, what acts would you like to see? I have one off the top of my head. You go well, first. I've, so if we could get... A, I'd like for you to go first. If we could get a Kanye West, Drake, Kendrick Lamar kind of trifecta medley, yeah. that'd be amazing. And that would be appealing. That'd be really, really cool. And actually, it would break the internet. Because Kendrick would be up there, like, spitting fire. Yeah. Kanye would be doing Kanye things. Drake would be singing, like, a super catchy hook. It would break Twitter. It would. I'd love it. And I'm thinking of rock bands you can throw in there to combine with them. Because they would. They'd combine a band they with, would have to. with rappers. I, th- I think it would be like... I think it that's would end harder. Up, it would end up being someone like an Arcade Fire um, of... Uh, Arctic Monkeys, yeah, um, yep. Vampire Weekend, someone who can handle the stage, who's seen big crowds, yep. And I feel like though, I think Vampire Weekend especially is someone who could hang with some of the hip hop crowd and 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 like do some of those sounds. So where I think they'd run into problems is when they do these legacy acts. Like remember there was a stretch of years I think they had the Who, Bruce Springsteen, and Tom Petty. And Petty were, was Super Bowl forty two, right? The Tyree pe- catch, and people were just like. I think they stopped caring about those, yeah. and that's when they went to this switch to like these more medleys of these pop artists now, yeah. which, on paper and visually, I think are just more entertaining. Yeah. But in turn, I think those were the last stretch of halftime performers where it was about like the actual artist performing. Yeah. So um, here's my I have I have a question for ahead. you. Um, which Coldplay songs do you think we get? Oh, this is a great question. So they're definitely going to do some of their newer stuff that I don't care about, what like Sky hits? Full of Stars yeah. and like those. I, I really, really hope we get Fix You at some point, like that big crescendo at the end of Fix You. I That's hope... probably what, if it's Fix You, we'll, it'll be the crescendo part. It, oh. Tears stream down your face yeah. part. Yeah. We're definitely going to get a little Viva La Vida. Like that, yeah. that strings. Dun, 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 dun. Only that part, though. Yeah, we're only and someone get will that rap part. over it. Yeah, that's exactly what's gonna happen. Someone's gonna rap over the Viva La Vida strings. Do you think we see like yellow? I don't think we do. I feel like yellow doesn't come out. We, I think we get every teardrop is a waterfall, well, d- yep. which I'm. I don't really love that song. Nah, I, don't I think maybe you could make an argument for. Um, Oh, what's their like their biggest hit off off uh Milo Zyloto? No, off of off of Russia Blood of the Head. Oh, um Clocks. Clocks. Probably yeah. some clocks. The they'll, they'll ha they'll they'll do the clocks riff. So the cool thing about Coldplay actually is they've kind of built up this nice little catalog of like just recognizable sounds. Oh, yeah. Where you're like, oh, I know that. Yeah. Like they'll bust out a few of those. They're the right band to do they're they're perfect they're for a great, the they're a, they're a great show. centerpiece for this medley that they got going on here. See, I'm looking at Coldplay right now on Spotify and this song Adventure of a Lifetime is their number one song with 100 million listens. I don't know I that song. I have never I don't heard know it. it. I have never it's, heard it. It's from it. their newest album which I that, don't care to listen to. That's maybe something I should know. I should probably we should have li- heard, we'll listen to this after. I probably we'll should have heard after. that song. Um so any other thoughts on, on the Super Bowl halftime show, Jake? It's an interesting cultural event. I don't know that there's anything else. Yeah, ju- um, just what would, in something you have here, what would they have to do to the show to make it something interesting for you? So they got to have the right performers, uh, the, would, ones, the ones I mentioned. Would the halftime show be more interesting if it wasn't a musical act? That's just me throwing it out there. What if it was like a Chris Angel magic show? Oh, that would be cool. And he like pulls a card out of uh, the eagle who's resting at the top of the stadium and reappears there and then he slides down on a zip line I feel like like maybe they're pigeonholing themselves into doing just music so I think it's become such an expectation. It's become such an event. Yeah, if but they just, were to, if they were to switch it up now, there'd be there'd be riots in the streets. I don't think there would. I think there might. People would know, be kind of outraged. I think they really would. If you did a super cool magic show at the halftime, I'd love that. I think that'd be magic. Cool. Sean could get out there and do it. Magic Sean would be a hit. And I also think that not that. I, and hey, I might not be only speaking for myself here, so this might be short sighted. But I don't know that that many people are like, hooray! I get to listen to the music. 
I again, no, I think it's more about it's like it's the spectacle. Yeah, it's like watching the Oscars or something. Exactly. You just see famous people. That's like, oh, look is. at Chris Martin. He's back to back with some other some famous. Yeah, I don't know who. Yeah, no, it's, Bruno it's, Mars, it's, and they're both doing a guitar solo. Even yeah. though Chris Martin doesn't really play guitar, or he yeah. does, but yeah. not very yeah. well. Yeah, exactly. It's the spectacle. You're right. I think we have an obsession with with these celebrities and these yeah. icons. So yeah, we want to we want to see them all together. Uh, so I want to juxtapose the Super Bowl halftime show with local music. <laughs> so Jake and I were in Portland, Maine this past weekend, and we happened upon this folk duo in um, a restaurant that we just... Local Sprouts. Local Sprouts. Yeah, it's a co-op. We went in there. There was this folk duo performing. They had uh, a mix of original material as well as some great covers that they did. Uh, this band's name is Copilot. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually checked them out on Spotify. They have some pretty good tracks. They're yeah. they're decent, talented band. Good voice, you know, decent melodies. I I enjoyed it. Yeah, two singers. Uh, yeah. a guy playing a guitar and and singing, and then a female vocalist. Um, other member, two members, yeah. and she was she had an incredible voice, really good voice. Um, and yeah, so what did so you- I, I wanted to bring up local music like this in, in another local band that we enjoy who we've seen a few times around our home state of new hampshire is tan vampires yeah uh so big shout to them what does local music mean to you so we have this huge super bowl halftime show yeah spectacle what on the other end of that with the local music how do you kind of um interact with that or the think inter- about it the in- i actually don't spend a ton of time seeking out local music for local music's sake. I think, so you bring up like Tan Vampires, for example, and I really connect with Tan Vampires because uh, my roommate in college, Spencer, was taking a class from one of their, from the drummer of the band, and he goes, he came to my my dorm, actually this was before we were roommates, he came to my dorm and he's like, hey Jake, do you want to go see my drummer, my teacher's band play. He's the drummer in a band. And I was like, oh, that sounds great, man. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, it, but I went, because it, it was going to be, I thought it'd be fun. And it was awesome. And they, I had no idea who this band was. And so there's this sense of when you catch local music before they're big or whatever, you have this sense of sort of kinship, of connection. Mm-hmm. This band's out of Dover, New Hampshire. And mm-hmm. uh, we've seen them play a number of times in we've North Manchester. Them. We've met them. Um, and they're a bunch of cool guys. Their music's really good. Yep. And I think what it is is with local music, there's two parts of it. One is I, f- I feel connected to it and almost defensive of it because I'm near it and I, I know I feel like I know these bands. The other aspect is I have n- I never can tell if I like it more than it deserves or if it's really as good as I think it is, or am I just bolstering it in my mind because it's this local band I went and found? That is, you, you, you got to the crux of it, is there's always that dichotomy between are they as good as I think they are, or are they not? And I think in the case of both of these bands, I think they are. So I think Copilot is still discovering a sound and discovering yeah. their voice. I yep. listened to some of that EP or album, whatever yep. they put out, and it was it's it's solid stuff. I think they're still finding their voice as a band. I think Tan Vampires is a legitimately good band. Agreed. Um, not to say Copilot isn't good, but Tan Vampires I think has really carved out a sound sort of of their own. Yeah. Um, and we're still waiting on a new album from them. We are. Hopefully that comes out soon. Yeah. Um. So the other thing that I wanted to say with tan vampires and and, and co-pilot is excuse me sorry like what i i think with both of these bands they make me want to go out and support a local music scene more especially because you know we have ian huge friend of the pod you know he's a local musician as well i've listened to some of his stuff i like it i kind of want to go out and support some yeah. of these local bands more. It's not especially helpful that we live in Manchester, New Hampshire, which doesn't have the world's most flourishing music scene. Right. Um, the best bet is to go to the coast, to go to Portland, to go to Portsmouth, see some of you know the bands that are playing there. Um, and I agree with you. I think what's interesting about it is that in an era now where you can listen to a band from Iceland or from like from like look at Heinz, like they're from Spain. You maybe would never know because everything's connected, everything's on social media, everything's on Spotify. It doesn't really matter where a band's from for your sake, but it actually I think 
going out and discovering local bands or local talent, singers, songwriters, whatever they may be, um, the interesting thing about it is that you feel this connection with something you're close to. Right. You feel a connection to a real person, not just this album cover you saw out there, exactly. not just this this press picture you exactly. saw of a band. You feel like you saw them in person. And it's actually an experience that we are that we don't get a lot of. Nope. And I think a lot of music fans don't get a lot of because mm-hmm. I think when you go to see bands play, it's when they visit your town. Right. It's not usually and, and again, maybe that's just speaking from our perspective because we don't live in a town a city True. that has a great True. Great so, so the ones that we do get to see that are actually good that we enjoy, I think you're right. We do get a little defensive. We're like this is this is our band. We can kind of stand behind them. We've seen them multiple times. Yep. Like it is a cool thing to do. And I think I want to make more of an effort to to go out and see some of these these local bands and artists and, and kind of support them a little bit more. I agree, and it's, it is a good experience. It is. Um, so that about does it for episode eight of the Listen In podcast. So um, actually. The one thing that we want to introduce—it's a new segment. Yeah. Uh, it's called it's it's monthly power ranking power segment. So the idea behind this is that at the end of the year, we want to have um, like a top five power rankings for musical artists of the year in terms of who was the most influential, who was the most important, who had the best music, who had the best year overall, basically. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to take stock at the end of every month yeah. and say, hey, who's leading in this power rankings yeah. for the year so far? So, um, so, Jake, who in your mind basically won the month of January? So I think... Number, we can throw out, I think, three names. I think I got number one and number two. I think yep. number one is David Bowie. Correct. Who yep. is, who's not alive to reap the rewards of our power rankings. He He's not here to, to get receive this accolade. That's true. He is a far and away a front runner right now. Yeah. It might take a lot for someone to, to overtake for him. For the year. For the year. Number two, I think, is Kanye West. It's Kanye. And so I think, and the way we're trying to frame this, and I think we're still hashing out what exactly we are. power rankings are, but it's an idea of like, who has a combination of social, st- uh, cultural stature and music released and just a general, it's, it's a presence. It's the idea of who is, who was the most present musician. Yep. Um, and who's, who would you say is also in the top three? You know, I, I think Kendrick probably yeah. is just from what he did with, uh, with his song. He came out with the, the untitled track. He came out with a, f- a few weeks ago just kind of how he's floating around the the music consciousness and mm-hmm. kind of what he means to music in general. You could probably also make the argument of Drake. Yeah. Um, and I was going to say who's a band that's now rising in the power rankings and will probably reach the top five. I don't know how to really <laughs> yeah. calibrate this because we are literally starting it now. Right. But Dive. Dive, I think. Is, Dive is, is actually, and it's interesting to see a rock band, yeah. a modern rock band entering. Yeah. Into I, our fictional power. I, I think by the time February's over, Dive yeah. will probably have broken into the top three at least. Yeah. Um, however, you know Kanye, big album coming out in about a week and a half. Yeah. So, that, so he might shift Bowie out of the top that's spot. True. So, so the way we're looking at this is almost like if you if you follow the NFL or the NBA and you throughout a season, ESPN or uh, the NFL or the NBA will release a list of the teams the power rankings of all the teams who is doing the best at that time all the way down to the bottom who's mm-hmm. doing the worst so what we're trying to look at is what artist right now is like leading in that power mm-hmm. ranking so in the in the mu- i don't know what this would be called the mfl the music <laughs> football league not what it's called but who's number one and i think right now it's it's bowie it's gotta still. be bowie bowie's riding most important bowie's riding a high off of his his swan song that's right his that's his right. early january swan song. so uh so stay tuned for updates to the power ranking we'll flesh this idea about uh, out a little bit more if you have any ideas on it let yeah. us know maybe um, this is a, maybe this is a blog idea too. yeah no, i think it is actually we... i think this is a great blog that we can kind of keep a running tally of yeah um so jake does mention the blog like i said at the top of the show it's level4media.net um we have a good collection of posts on there already we're going to yeah. be updating that at least a few times a week yeah uh so stay tuned on that and also, sean is going to be updating it for the next for, for the foreseeable future <laughs> as i have taken under my wing quite an undertaking of a blog that i hope to have finished it's gonna sometime be this year it's gonna be great we're gonna hype that up a little bit yeah um, i hope it's good it's it's, it's going to be long 
it's it, it's gonna be great. Uh, basically, you know how Jake and I like to do music and sports comparisons. It's in that same vein. Yeah. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, we're on Stitcher. We should be on iTunes soon. I got the email from iTunes saying that they, we, they received okay. our application right. to be on iTunes. Okay, great. So the listening podcast is on Stitcher. It's on SoundCloud. Right now it's on those two great. platforms. Yep. Um, and then follow us on Twitter to get some more updates. Yeah. So until next week. That's about it. Thanks for listening. Thanks. We appreciate it. Yes, it and his made daughter me flat out refused. Yeah, it made me cringe. Really. Made me really uncomfortable. He he in general does make me uncomfortable. His face is so cringe inducing. Yeah, and oh, I'm just picturing it now. And he like went to hug his daughter. You could tell he was like, "Shit, I'm embarrassed. I need to save face and try this again." <sighs> and he doubled down, and it didn't pay off. And he like looked right in the camera and was like. Oh, dude, I can't even, I saw it and I can't even hear you describe it. And that video of him, like, with his family filming his videos for the packs to make ads, so awkward. Oh, I don't think his family even likes him. I don't think anyone likes him. Did you hear? But he just, he just won the Iowa caucus. Dude, Iowa's a weird place. Oh, just kidding. Iowa's a cool place. I'm sure there's a lot of nice people in Iowa. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge part of our demographic. um, only 3% of Iowans voted for him if you think about it he had like what 124,000 votes yeah that's a good point so the voter turnout yeah I don't know he he looks like like a rat man like a fat rat man yeah his face is not trust. he's not a no, man to be that's, trusted that's right his face he doesn't have a trustworthy face and he's ugly he's just ugly I feel like you need to be kind of good looking to be president I think most there's, there's, most are there's gotta be some argue. examples that disprove Th- that think in the past like Okay, you just you can't be horrendously ugly, right? Not lately, right? Like Obama's a good-looking dude. Yeah, but like Bush was Bush was a decent-looking guy. He's not like handsome, slick Willie, decent-looking guy. Yeah, he had he had some mojo though. That's a whole other thing. That's true. Even if you look That's at Kennedy, true. like everyone says Kennedy was so handsome, he kind of weird-looking guy, cross-eyed, very weird-looking guy, and and. I feel like him, his was the the charisma that won people over. Yeah, you need confidence, and you need you need to be a leader, you do. basically. Yeah, you have to exude and and like lie a lot. Oh, that's and be able to talk out of like eight sides of your mouth. <laughs> that's ninety five percent of the job. Yeah. So yeah. Well, this is a long segment for after the episode. Well, hi listeners, if you're still there, people are gonna love it. And this is the first time we've actively acknowledged it. That's true. But. Ooh. It, it feels it feels <laughs> it feels dangerous. <laughs> We're in uncharted territory. Uh, all right, let's get started. Okay. All right. Three, two, one.